Hello, mamas, and welcome to Bump to Mum, a podcast that has been created by me, Emma Coxhead, after the birth of my son, Louis. I realized that there was so much to learn, and it's hard to know where to start. Comfort came from me to speaking with other mothers and parents, and this is where Bump to Mum was born. Bump to Mum is a platform to share conversations we have with other parents, learn from experts in their field, ask questions, find answers, share experiences, and laugh and cry along the way as we try to navigate the maze of which is motherhood. Hello, Um, hope you're all having an amazing week. By the time this episode comes out, it's going to be November, which is just wild. Like, how is it November? Who is putting up their Christmas tree soon? I'm a big fan of putting it up before December, so probably will. And I'm on that mindset of like, I am ready to put the Christmas tree up and call it a year. So very excited that we are getting close to summer. Um, Thought I'd give a little bit of an update um, on life with Louis at the moment. Um, He is 15 months, he'll be 15 months when I release this episode. Um, He is super busy um he has the attention span on any sort of activity or game i'd say for maximum about one minute at the moment so he's a bit chaotic but he is super fun he is super happy um he's pulling himself up on all the furniture and moving around he loves bashing things and creating noise he's just in this quite chaotic phase um which i had been told between the age of like one to two is quite hard because they're mobile but they don't have like the communication and understanding to know like that's dangerous don't touch or um yeah so it's 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 a very busy time for us at the moment I do find that my full Louis days I'm pretty knackered by the end of the day but so much fun as well like he's just learning everything so fast like he's wave he's learned to wave recently and he literally just waves at anyone or anytime he's leaving a room or it's just so cute as well like I can't deal with the little chubby hands going up and down but um yeah that's been a really it's been it's it's a busy time at the moment as the as the way I would sum it up um Luke and I recently went on a Louis free holiday for four nights um and you know what it was absolutely awesome like don't get me wrong we missed Louis and it felt really funny leaving him knowing it was going to be a few days before we'd see him again but it was so so needed like we've had a really tough few months and it was just so nice to just take that time Luke and I to just feel like how we were pre like the best way I can describe this holiday is like you have the freedom that you didn't appreciate before becoming parents and you just have this short amount of time to lap it up so you really just make the most of it and you know it was only four nights but we just went for long walks we we were in Noosa in Queensland so it was hot we just did everything without looking at the time or having a schedule and just did whatever we felt like and don't get me wrong I love motherhood I love being a mum I love spending time with Louie but it's also so nice just to have time to be you and with your partner or husband and um it was really cool and Louie had the best time with my mum out at her place and he was happy as I mean I don't know if mum would admit to me if he was unsettled or unhappy but we have a pretty honest relationship so I think she would tell me and he was yeah he was happy as and they got to have this special time together as well so it's made me realize that I do not need you know this whole 
it takes a village this is a perfect example of the village coming together and like there were so many moving parts that needed to come together for Luke and I to go away for four nights you know like we've got two dogs so we needed the dogs looked after we needed to get Louie all packed up and out to my mum's we needed to finish up work and get time off and then we needed to then pack for ourselves which I'll admit we did the night before because all the other organization took way longer but you know it wasn't just easy there was so much involved but it was so so worth it and yeah I felt a little bit guilty like I had a little bit of the mum guilt of not taking Louie with us but I had this lovely lady I work with remind me and she's got three kids who are all kind of nearly grown up now and she was like nope we did that with throughout all our kids like younger years it's so important to remember you are you were a person before you became a mother or a father and it is still important to go do things and have fun together um and also obviously then make memories with your children but there's nothing wrong with having that time to yourself so it was nice to get that like validation that what we did was fine like and it was so so good and yeah if anyone's considering it even if it's just like I don't know a night or two nights like it's it's just I felt so refreshed coming back and yeah I think I'm a I'm a happier person I'm a better person I'm a better mother just by having that circuit breaker short break um especially when the end of the year is so crazy and I know that's a very privileged thing to have you know not everyone has grandparents nearby where they can take a holiday but you know I'm not saying it was not you know I'm not saying it was easy or whatever for us like there was still process involved but it is so worth it so yeah I would say if you're considering it 100% it is just do it just just make it happen if you can um so this week's episode I've been so excited to record and it's someone I really admire um I spoke with Stevie who is the co-founder of Viva La Volva. now if you have given birth in the last few years I think you would have either seen heard or used some of the Viva La Volva product range I personally use the products in my postpartum recovery and I am just so grateful that we have products like this available now that you know make that postpartum time looking after yourself feel like pampering and you know feel a little bit more normalized and not so like I don't know find out as you go type thing so Stevie and I talk through everything from business how Viva La Volva started what sort of products they you know what what is their why we also talk through Stevie's postpartum journey with her daughter Sunny and what motherhood has been like for her how she juggles the career the business motherhood the mental load um, the emotions that come with this new stage of life and also we talk about weaning because for us that was also a big blind side <laughs> in terms of how it would feel and what it would be like so we really talk about that Stevie is so honest and real and passionate about postpartum and it was just so nice to talk to her she's very relatable and I loved our chat um, she also admitted she is not someone that has put herself kind of out there in, in front of people talking she's more of a behind the scenes gal so this was a big thing for her and I was just so grateful she chose Bumped Mum to be the platform to do that so I really hope you enjoy this conversation 
um, if you want to check out any of the Viva La Vulva range I'll include um, links in the show notes to their website and Instagram account they do amazing blogs lots of information um, so yes I really hope you enjoy I'm super excited to be chatting today why don't you tell anyone that's listening a little bit about yourself and your family Hello, thank you so much for having me. I actually love your podcast, so I feel very honoured to be here today. Oh, it's so nice. Um, My name is Stevie and I am a mother of a um, 19-month-old. I always always get confused if I'm like, do I say a year and a half or a 19-month-old? And I live in Wellington in Plymouth in a little town called Plymouton. And um, yeah, I have a partner, Darcy, my fiance, and we have two dogs as well. Oh, cool. What kind of dogs do you have? Um, one is like a little chihuahua cross Bichon, and the other one is a Huntaway. So they're very different. But, I was going to say, um, they would look so comical together. <laughs> they do. It's hilarious. And they actually don't really get along, so that's kind of funny. Oh. But they get along <laughs> enough, but they kind yeah. of just pretend each other's not there, which is really cute. Oh, and look, anyone that's listening, I, I'm guessing they have probably either used some of the products from your business or so. may may not have, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that I think a lot of people listening to this podcast will have, but why don't you tell us about your business, Viva La Volva? Cool. So um, I started Viva La Volva um, in about 2019, but that was after, I don't know, a few years of having it in the back of my mind and researching all about it, I um, I kind of had the idea when I went to my best friend's birth. It was such an honour to go with her at the time. Yeah. And so this was her firstborn's about to turn seven. So this was a long time ago. Um, and I still remember her, like, after the birth, like, she was an absolute weapon. It was incredible. But I still remember her kind of looking up at me when she was getting stitched up and like looking at me like, oh, my God, what is happening? And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? And it was all so new to us. And um, I went to the chemist afterwards and I was like, cool, I'm going to go and get her something to make her feel better down there because like that was really intense. Mm. Um, And I went into the chemist and I couldn't find anything at all. And I like asked around, asked the pharmacists and they were kind of like, no, we don't really have anything this is mind-blowing like women have been birthing for centuries and there isn't anything to give so um yeah it kind of just spiraled from there and all of my friends had started having babies around that time I'd love to know actually so obviously the birth inspired Viva La Vulva but what did you do before that like did you work in the sort of kind of postpartum care or healthcare area No, so kind of funny. I actually have, um, I did a design degree. So I majored in graphic design and advertising. Um, And then we actually run two other businesses with me and my mum. One is like an educational resource company, which I was, I, and we still have them both both today. Mm. Um, So we design educational resources for early childhood teachers. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's called Teach Talk. And then we also have um, a brand called The Wild Ones where we it started as like a little passion project for me where I would um, come up with like funny cards, like greeting cards. 
Mm. with like quirky quotes all over them and so we have those two already um and then with viva it was just kind of like i just started to create this product to give to my friends and for them to give to their friends and then all of a sudden everyone was kind of coming back saying whoa this stuff actually works like this is awesome yeah so we were kind of like okay we need to sell this yeah (laughs) So how like between the time of like having the idea and then being like and, and Viva Lavolva becoming a company and selling this product, like what was the timeline there for that? Yeah, so man, it's all a bit foggy now. But yeah. so the, I guess there was a lot of like product testing stage that we'd, mm. I'd call it product testing now. At the time, I didn't really know it was product testing, you know, like I was like, cool, here's here's this product, give it to your friend or here my friend, try this kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, once we kind of got the feedback, like this actually works, I was like, cool, well, let's let's sell this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. So then I created, um, you know, the labels and my mum actually came up with the name because I'm from like quite a feminist family. Mm-hmm. Um, like my grandmother but my great aunt was like she helped start the women's refuge in Dunedin and my great and my grandmother helped um get like equal pay in New Zealand for women and stuff like that would afford for that back in the day um so like all of these sorts of things were not taboo and stuff like that and my mum kind of was like well, what about Viva La Volva? and so at the time we were like this is just the product right so yeah. we're like cool that's such a good name for it let's run with that um and then so I did all the did all the design and branding for it, which actually took quite a while. So I guess this kind of period was maybe like two to three years of just sort of in the background doing all this kind of stuff. Mm. And then we launched it and it kind of just snowballed from there. And all these all these mums were contacting us being like, this is awesome. This is actually helping me. It's so great. And then I did, we just kept find, I kept researching. I came became quite quite postpartum obsessed. Like it was pretty insane. I was researching so much all the time, like looking at all these different natural remedies and and all sorts, and um, talking to midwives and talking to homeopaths and like back dur- during during this time too. On Instagram, there was. It wasn't there was barely any conversation about this kind of stuff like mm. no one was talking postpartum um so I had to like hunt out these accounts to kind of you know get the kind of postpartum language happening yeah. and um everything was so taboo so nowadays when you like look on Instagram and stuff well, I mean I don't know if I'm just surrounding myself with all of these postpartum accounts so but the postpartum language is so it comes like quite it's not um strange to me anymore Mm. I was just about to ask you that I was like do you think it's a case because like I feel like well I I'm I'm not sure because I'm like well this is like Louis my first baby so is it just because Mm -hmm. I'm you know like more interested in this area now that I'm seeing more of it or was it actually the case that like when you started Viva La Volva that there actually wasn't much conversation about it on you know Instagram and social media yeah, well, when we first started the Instagram account, it, like this was back at a time where there was no, it didn't seem like an algorithm was, was like a thing or mm. we didn't get like shadow, but they were, there were no like reels or anything happening like that. It was just like everybody's posting cool pictures. Um, and it was, that's kind of around that time as well that 
people would just show like the the beauty of postpartum life or like um the ideal kind of like oh i've just had a baby and now i'm like i don't know out like i'm out i'm already back in the outside world doing carrying on with life yeah and like nowadays where you can kind of see yeah like i don't actually know if everybody's seeing it but i'm seeing more real like wow okay postpartum's actually quite hard and it's not so um instagram beautiful pinterest type stuff it's Mm. actually quite raw and it's insane like the transformation that you go through not just physically but emotionally as well like kind of thing does that make sense oh my god it does i have so many questions i want to ask you (laughs) business related one being what was the first viva Evolver product that you launched with so the first one was our um our healing spray but the uh, the diy version so now we've got um a ready to use version but the the first one yeah was our only product to begin with for quite a while as well and it's um hypercal so it's not like it it wasn't like it's a secret um recipe as such Mm. it's like a herb that's been used for a long time but not for um like not for your vulva or any kind of intimate parts Mm. it was like it's known for like using on cuts and tears and grazes and it really helps with that as well so that's why it's great to have have in your fridge for if you if your child falls over or I mean my partner used it after a biking um a BMX, uh, not a BMX, a mountain biking accident. He used it on his knee grazes yeah. and stuff. So it's actually a really good thing. But because nobody was talking about these things at the time, nobody knew that you could use anything like that. Yeah. So it was actually kind of cool back then as well, talking to all the midwives and stuff. And there were all of these like um, kind of hidden secrets that they were all like, I think my friend was told to use. Um, Epsom salts and just a pump bottle and to just spray that and you know like you know the cabbage leaves and things like that but Mm -hmm. these were all these like hidden secrets that you only found out once you had a baby and it was kind of cool to then go okay this is what you've got to prepare for and once you we found that like once people are prepared for it they can they find it easier to navigate that stage of their life so so true because I feel like with childbirth and postpartum and everything like that you kind of start experiencing something so then you ask your midwife or you ask your mother like oh my god did you ever have this and they're like oh yeah yeah we had that but like no one tells you beforehand until you're kind of looking through it but what I loved because I I actually had quite a lot of the Viva La Vulva products and I bought them in preparation for my birth I had the spray um I had the um, the freezer pads, the gel yeah. pads, which, funny story, so I used those, <laughs> I had a vaginal birth, I used those a lot post-birth yeah. um, and also would use them on my boobs when they were, like, engorged. But yes, just um, for two, how many, it all blows, two, three weeks ago I ended up, I had kind of completely weaned Louie from breastfeeding. Um, oh, my God, how, how hectic is weaning? <laughs> my goodness but I pulled those ice packs back out because a year later and I said to my husband I was like wow a year ago I was using this downstairs and now I'm using them as I wean Louie a year later and it was just kind of like hello nice to see you again I need you for now my very sore weaning boobs um 
but yeah, but just it's like so it's so they were like you know like they're like you say like their products that you actually can use not just for birth like they 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 come out and you don't expect them to but yeah like I said they're kind of like that old friendly friend where you're like oh yeah you were there for me once and especially like as Louis grows older too like and you know how kids fall over all the time and if you need ice pack and things like that so they're pretty versatile We, we always make sure that there's another use for the product as well yeah and I loved how, like, obviously it makes so much sense now, like, with the fact that you've got this des- graphic design background, but, like, you've made something which is, you know, recovery from birth, which is pretty painful, pretty, you know, nasty, especially if you've got, you know, stitches or anything like that. But you've got this really cool, fun, feminine packaging, which I feel like takes away a lot of that stigma about talking about it or... I don't know. Oh, it just makes it seem like yeah. much more like I. I remember when it all arrived. I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." Not like seeing like big nappy pants or that sort of stuff. Was that sort of your idea? Yeah, well, definitely. When that's so awesome to hear. Thank you. Because yeah, we definitely try to try to make it an exciting time. You know, like how. <laughs> I don't know, you get, um, when you think about self-care and you kind of think about face masks and treating yourself and stuff like mm. that, but when it comes to, you know, postpartum recovery, you you don't generally go, oh, this is going to be a nice time of pampering myself. Mm. But in reality, it's like the time where you really need to look after yourself is mm. postpartum. So we tried to make it so that these people, like, so that people would feel excited for their postpartum that they would get to use these fun things and Mm. have these like messages on them that were words of affirmation which have been great feedback as well from mums being like honestly there were some pretty dark times postpartum and when I would go to the toilet and read like hey mummy you're doing great Mm. it made a world of difference so it's really cool to hear things like that that we are actually empowering new mums in such a stressful time that nobody really talks about well, you talk about it with your close friends and stuff like that, but, you know, we want to yell it from the rooftops, basically, that, you know, postpartum is essential and it'd yeah. be good if everybody jumped on board with that. I love that. So, obviously, you did all this re- research into postpartum and the products prior to having your first trials. Is that right? Yeah, which is – that's why I mean that I became, like, postpartum obsessed. I didn't even have a, have a kid at this stage yet. Yeah. So I would love to know then, like, what was your, like, how did, once you, you know, you're pregnant, how did you prepare for your postpartum? What was your pregnancy like? I'd love to hear your experience. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, man, I had set up for, well, I had actually such a great pregnancy. Um, I know that some women find it really hard. Um, I, and, and all compare, like, I just had such a nice time. I really enjoyed it. Apart from you know, the obvious things of swelling and just being hot and all that kind mm. of stuff. But I had prepared for my postpartum like I was heading into, like, the postpartum apocalypse. Like, <laughs> there were stations around my house of, like, oh, I had a breastfeeding station. I had different nappy caddies in all different rooms with, like, with everything. And I was so excited to use all of my own products. I was like, yes, this is yeah. – I'm finally going to be able to to use all these. Um and then I had an emergency C-section after quite mm. a hectic birth. And I was like, oh, man, am I still going to be able to use these? And Because when I when we created Viva, 
all of my friends were pretty much having vaginal births. So mm. I, at the time, was just sort of focusing on that, that side of things. And then it wasn't until after I had my C-section, I was like, oh, my God, there needs to be more for C-section mums. But mm. what was really cool was I still managed to use everything just in a different way. So mm. I discovered that, like, my healing spray was awesome to use on the scar, on my scar. Um, I still had to use peri bottle and witch hazel. Like, I pretty much used everything. The boob, mm-hmm. the breasties for um, engorgement. It was pretty awesome. It was, yeah. It was a pretty surreal moment being like, wow, I kind of created this and now I'm using it. So, yeah. That's, cool. That's so cool. And is that, like, what was then your fourth trimester like? Like, was it you'd done so much research? Was it still a shock or was it kind of – did you feel like you knew what was coming? Um, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like thinking, trying to think back now. No, I thought I had a really, I enjoyed my fourth trimester. I was super supported. Like um, mm. I made sure that I had heaps of support around me. Um, obviously all the post, like physically, it was a bit of a shock having um, a cesarean because I'd done all kind of hypnobirthing and, these calm birth course courses and stuff and I would kind of just naively thought like I'm just going to breathe my baby out this is going to be great and it mm. was like the total opposite of that so coming to terms with having a c-section was pretty pretty intense but at the same time because of the environment that I'd created and knowing that I wanted at least like this month of just rest and support and I had like my family and friends were just awesome people were dropping around food and um, my mum and my mother-in-law were coming to clean up my partner was incredible like it was really really great Mm. um what I wasn't prepared for I guess was so yeah I was really prepared for the whole physical side of things like I knew Mm. what to expect even from c-section um, and after researching kind of stuff like that, I knew what to expect in terms of recovery and recovery times and to go easy on myself and and whatnot. But I wasn't kind of prepared for the emotional side of things, mm. which is also something people don't really talk about enough as well. Like now I'm, as I carry on through my motherhood journey, um, I'm doing more and more research into the emotional and mental side of things and like matrescence and trying to understand all of that myself as well, because I think that's a really important thing that's missed out a lot um, of the conversation. People don't talk about this huge transformation that you've just gone through. Like all, like, as you know, all your priorities change and everything mm-hmm. changes. And it was quite an adjustment um, even just coming back to work like because I've always been a workaholic like um mm. I would work at night time I would work as viva and postpartum and stuff like that is all of my passion so I at night time would you know catch up on work and just constantly be designing things and things like that and coming up with ideas and whatnot and after Sunny was born I just didn't have any time to do mm. anything so that was a real adjustment which still kind of adjusting to now and a year and a half later but so in terms of like time off from Viva what did that look like for you and what did returning to work look like um so I have my our Viva office is just about 
maybe like a five minute drive from where I live. Mm. And ideal. Yeah, so ideal. And because um, I work with my mum and um, the rest of my team are like actually kind of close friends, which is really cool. So it feels Mm. like they're my village kind of, yeah, they are my village. So I would, if I needed to get out of the house, which getting out of the house was so so hectic in those early days, like (laughs) trying to work out how logistically you were going to make it outside was it felt impossible. Oh, definitely. I even think still now I'm like, I feel like I've got it down in terms of like, I don't need, I know I don't need to take all the things, but like, there's no just like leaving the house. Like there's always no. like snacks, the water, the change of nappy, you know, like. I always just- forget something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know now as well, like as Louis got gotten older a bit too, like you don't have to pack everything in the kitchen sink. I feel like I was mm. packing so like enough for a sleepover. If we yeah. if we got stuck for four days, I would have enough stuff. Yeah, I had the I have the biggest nappy bag which I bought, but like what I actually take out now is literally just like my small little flax bag, which I just chuck in like two nappies, some wipes, his water bottle, and some sort of snack, and like that's it. Like I know we don't need anything else, and if we do, like. I can just come back home. Like I'm not going that far away, you know. Exactly. Or like if you do, you can just sort of wing it out of somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, so true. So would you even just... now I'll just leave with some wipes and a nappy and I'll be like, okay, let's hope, let's see hope how this works goes. Out. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So would you take Sunny to work with you in those early oh, days? Yeah. yeah, so hitting, I would make that kind of my outing and mm. – I would go down and visit the girls at work and sort of check in and be like, how's everything going? And then everyone would see Sunny. And then, you know, I could go down there and not have showered or kind of still be in my pajamas and know that, you know, they were there for me, which was really, really cool. Um, And then Sunny would fall asleep. Like we actually also set up like um, a little bassinet and we had basically a little setup for her down there as well is for me and but she would just fall asleep on me and when she did sleep I'd managed to get like a I don't know half an hour an hour and but mm-hmm. it was also not there wasn't there wasn't that much pressure on me to get things done that was only mm-hmm. like self-perceived pressure like oh I've come here to work but I can't but mm-hmm. it, it was just really cool it was such a supportive environment and everybody would help me and I, I mean I, there were days where I'd turn up in tears like well I, can't, I haven't slept I don't know what I'm doing and it was yeah it was just super reassuring to get there and my mum would be there and you know it's it's just it was just awesome so and I was like, really lucky with people that understand postpartum and like understand what you're going through like that's probably like the best environment you could exactly. be going you know, for your outing and like oh that's and so you said when did you kind of actually say hey now I'm back at work like how long did you give yourself um we were actually trying to work this out the other day I I I think I definitely had like uh, like three months to at least two months off where I just like the first month and yeah it must have been about two months I was just like resting and just checking in and having chats about work but not actually doing doing anything um and then sort of came back 
for a little for a few days um after about three months and then and Sunny would still just you know how after about three months you sort of think that you're kind of you're kind of getting what you you kind of know what you're doing yeah um but then it's like four months I feel like four months is actually the most hectic time because you're kind of out of the fourth trimester but you still have days where you're like what the actual is happening to me yeah, um, and you feel like you're getting in a routine, but then and like you're getting in a rhythm, but then something changes. Like it's just a bit of yeah. a. I felt like that three three to four months was quite quite challenging, and I think yeah. I mean, for me personally, what kind of fixed that was, and I also have thought about this. I think like, and you've been so sleep deprived by that point for quite a long amount of time, like three four months, or like if you didn't sleep while in pregnancy and you're just kind of getting really exhausted and starting to think like, okay, so when am I going to start sleeping better? You know, like for me, that was kind of my point where I was like, all right, we have like Louis at four and a half months, Louis was old enough to sleep train. I was like, I just actually can't do the whole, I don't know how much sleep I'm going to get thing anymore. Um, So I feel like once the sleep got better, I started enjoying everything so much more, but like, that's so different for everyone as well in terms of what works for them sleep-wise. Oh, definitely. Like we um, we are actually kind of the what what would be considered like the textbook of what not to do, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Like I, I hear about sleep training and all of that kind of stuff and mm. in my mind I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it because, I mean, Sunny still doesn't sleep through the night and she's like a year and a half. And oh, wow. we, we, I know it's, it's full on, but she definitely sleeps better than what she was. Like she was actually a terrible sleeper. <laughs> but we, I still didn't um, sleep train for some reason. I like looked into it and then I just didn't really get around to it. But, mm. oh no, I, oh, because I would um, feed her to sleep, which was yeah. one thing that I always, so that, these couple of things I always felt embarrassed telling people because it was like not the thing to do. Um, I would feed to sleep and then we co-slept as well. And we mm. still kind of do today. Mm. Like I'll go to sleep in my bed now. Yeah. Um, but then she'll wake in the night and I'll just jump into bed with her. Um, but yeah, at the time, even around it, because around that four month mark, you kind of think, okay, yeah, I, sh- I should have it all together by now. It should all start making sense. But that's also when a lot of other people think, okay, she should, she'll have it together by now. Yeah. And so, like, you know, the, I mean, if, if people were making you meals and stuff or people were checking in on you, it kind of slowed down around that time and you're like, hey, guys, hang on, I'm still postpartum. But, yeah. But I'm, still, I'm still learning how to do this and I'm still trying to transition and, like, figure my baby out who seems to change every day <laughs> yeah who still changes every day yeah but I was inter- it's interesting how you kind of read these things and they're like you're still learning at every stage that they're going through so mm. you're actually kind of postpartum forever which is what I'm learning and studying now actually which is really cool mm. so but on the sleep note then so yeah feeding to sleep that was something I did like pretty much every nap I think until while Louis was little like I didn't know how else to get him to sleep like if I didn't I was like oh shoot what am I going to do now like and and if it works it's so good like I don't know why 
like I, I read I see a lot of things about kind of almost shaming mothers to, mm. to not not feed to sleep and things like this and it's like well do whatever works for you and if that works then that works it's not like they're going to be 20 and needing to feed to sleep you know <laughs> lying on the couch with a bottle to go to bed yeah. like, <laughs> they'll figure it out it was actually funny because like with the sleep training we we didn't need to feed to sleep anymore but I had relied on that so much and then when we next so we'd done a flight with Louis oh maybe when he was still a little bit younger but then like once because we'd been he'd been he hadn't been fed to sleep for quite a while by the time he got to seven months we had another flight and I went to just feed him to sleep on the plane like I had when he was younger and he just like fed and then just like lay there looking at me like wide-eyed being like I, I don't sleep this way anymore and I was like oh shit like what am I gonna do now and he didn't sleep the whole flight so I was actually gutted I was like damn like that's not in my toolbox anymore like you won't feed to sleep yeah it's crazy how it get, things can just change like that eh? <laughs> so funny um so on so for the sleep for you guys so you like you said like you start the night in your own beds and then you will eventually go sleep with sunny is that right yeah so we we actually got it uh, because she we had a cot for her and mm. i don't know i feel she just didn't like the cot like and I try, I tried like we would try and I would try to do my own sort of sleep training but kind of not but I don't know but at that stage as well I just needed to sleep too so because I was kind of back at work mm-hmm. and the easiest thing for us to do was just to sleep together yeah um which I actually love and I still love today um but so I'll go to yeah, sorry, what was your question? So I'll go to sleep in my bed now. And we'll, oh, we have a floor bed for her. That's where I was going with it. Oh, okay. Um, so we switched to a floor bed at maybe about seven or eight months. Um, mm. I just kind of went, I'm not, I can't stand over the cot at night time and I mm. can't fall asleep on a chair because I just, I'm not getting any sleep. Um, so we got a floor bed and then it, everything changed since then. It was, it's, it's been so great. She's loved it. I've loved it. And, I mean, it's not your kind of traditional way of sleeping or anything, but it works for us. So it's been pretty cool. Oh, and that's the, at the end of the day, that's the main thing. And, like, sleep is so key. Like, you're just going to function so much better the next day and feel better. And, like, if that means you're getting sleep and Sunny's getting sleep, I think that's that's the one at the end of the day, isn't it? It doesn't really matter how it happens. Um, exactly and it was kind of just one of those ones where if I just like let go of the external pressures of sort of like what you should be doing or what Sunny should be doing by now and just kind of went do you know what my gut and my instinct is just telling me to go with this and we just mm-hmm. went with that and it yeah it, it was kind of a pivotal moment for in my motherhood journey of like actually just listen to what what you're thinking and mm-hmm. shut out the rest of the noise and it's been easier ever since kind of thing. I would love to get your thoughts and like find out from you how this has been for you. Like it's something I find I struggle with everyone that I kind of speak to. It's just that the mental load of motherhood and like, Oh my God. (laughs) You're someone that's got like this amazing career running a business. You're a mum. How, how has that been for you? Like how have you found that mental load? What sort of ways have you found that help you kind of 
deal with it today. Like, I feel like no one's got it down packed, right? And if they do, like, no. I want them on this podcast and telling us how. But yeah. if, if anyone knows the answers to that, please, <laughs> please tell everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, maybe to start, like, what does a normal day look like for you and Sunny? And, like, I guess where do you find that you feel overwhelmed and what helps when you do? It's kind of funny you ask that. Like, I, I feel like you've actually caught me on, like, a really good day where I, I'm feeling good about motherhood in general. But mm. there's so many seasons in motherhood that can happen in one day. So you can mm. be like, I mean, everything could turn tomorrow now, that, especially now that I've just said I'm in a good good phase. Yeah, touch wood. We we'll get sick tomorrow or something. But um, the overstimulation, uh, yeah, it's, sorry, we were going with what a day looks like, weren't we? Mm. Or, yeah. Um, so every day is so different. I sort of, um, because I run, because we I work with Viva, mm. I'm not like um, – stuck to a specific time like I usually yeah. start work about nine o'clock every day and it's very casual like um I, I'm sort of guided by how Sunny is and her temperament and yeah. what time that she wakes up I mean sometimes she wakes up at five o'clock and if that's the case then we'll leave earlier but like this morning she woke up at eight um so oh. we left later but I'm I'm pretty fortunate to not have to be if I had to be anywhere on time i I wouldn't be there. Like, yeah. It would be so hectic. Um, and so we get to, I, I drop her to daycare and then head across to work, which is just across the road, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, the, and then I work till four o'clock, 4.30, and then pick her up. Mm. We come home. Sorry, am I rambling? This is like no. going, going through my day. Okay, cool. And, um, <laughs> And then we come home and we have to, we make dinner and you and have a bath and try, I try and do like a nighttime routine most nights. It's pretty similar, but sometimes she will sleep depending on what time of day she's had and how much sleep she's had. She'll mm. sleep at like seven and sometimes it could be like nine o'clock. It's just mm. and then so once she goes down, I generally kind of want to have an hour where I would love to have like an hour or so to do some more work. But mm. that's something I've really been struggling with is that I don't have that time anymore at the moment, but that's just the season that we're in now. So I'm just sort of rolling with that, that yeah. cool, I probably can't get any work done outside of the time I'm at work mm. at the moment, but that's not going to be forever too. Yeah. That means that like if something's going, it's kind of like a weird balance thing, like nothing is ever really balanced. Like if something at work is – if everything at work's going really, really well and I'm super organised and every, I'm on top of everything, I've gen, generally fallen asleep. I mean, fallen, not fallen asleep. I've generally fallen asleep. Um, I'm genuinely, I'm generally behind in something else. So mm. my house will be an absolute mess. The washing, like nothing will be done. Or Sunny will be sick or something like that. So nothing, nothing ever is balanced, which is really hectic. Yeah, and it doesn't help with overstimulation either because that is full on. And I and I'm starting to learn that most mothers are pretty overstimulated, especially in modern motherhood. Like, yeah. there's so much going on all the time. For you, what is that like? What for you? How do you like? What's your kind of trigger for being like? How do you know when you're getting overstimulated, or 
what's something that you do to kind of help combat that? Because that's something I've noticed as well with me. Like if my husband leaves the fan on in the bathroom, (laughs) I find that really triggering. Like, oh, my God, yes. And I'm like, that is not even a loud sound. But I think when you've just been around a lot of noise and a lot of things and then you've got, like, your internal voice, something like that, like the extractor fan, like. And it's just that, that, it's 100% that mother load that, like, nobody, Mm. that I guess our partners, like, Darcy, my partner, is is such an amazing partner and he's so great. But I just feel like partners don't ever really understand what's actually going on internally in a mother's mind like we're always like it's, it's sometimes it sounds so trivial too but like I don't know we're thinking of you know you've got to get the washing on to get fresh clothes for daycare for then and then food and all all these things that you're thinking about all the time mm. and then so like my partner will leave um the cloth in the sink and it just triggers this rage inside of me that I didn't <laughs> even know I had and it's just bizarre it is. I think it is like you're constantly kind of like if we looked at like a scale of one to ten, like we're I think a lot of like as mothers, because there's so much going on, there's so much you having to think about, you kind of operate around that seven to eight. So something small will put you right up on the edge rather mm-hmm. when you know, like I never you like the fan on in the bathroom would not have worried me before I became a mum. But now it's just like this extra noise and I can't can't handle it. And for you, it's like the, the cloth in the sink. It's the fan in the bathroom. Well, it, it was like, like, gen, like normal stuff that wouldn't have bothered me pre-sunny. And now I'm like, I get fixated on it. Mm. So weird. No, I definitely, I think it's just that whole like the cup is kind of over brimming a little bit. But then, I'm, yeah, and then I think it's like with you as well, obviously with the work, it's like if you're, uh, I've found this when I've, return back to work like when you're at work part of you is like kind of wondering what's happening with you know in my case Louie and like how's daycare going but then when I'm with Luke oh when I'm at home with Louie I'm thinking like oh like what's going on at work like you're just kind of constantly and you can't be in two places at once but your brain's drifting that way yeah and then you just kind of feel like you're never really fully like doing really great at either one of them you know 100% so that's a that's such a battle, I reckon, especially yeah. for yeah. I don't know. You just never. But then I guess, like like I say, you've caught me on kind of a good day where I'm kind mm. of look at the bigger picture and go, okay, cool. It's just a season. It's not mm. always going to be like this. But then, if you'd asked me that last week, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm so stressed out. I don't know what to do. But yeah, you kind of just have to. I don't know. Roll with whatever's happening and. My mum always kind of reminds me to just, like, surrender with what's happening. Like, just yeah. go, cool, this is it. Like, it'll, it, things change all the time. But, yeah, staying in that, like, that mental headspace where, you're, where you feel good about it is quite hard to, hard to do. Mm. You but, talked and about, we sorry. Sorry, you talked a bit earlier about, like, the emotions of motherhood and, like, coming like understanding this new version of yourself and like what's Mm. what sort of kind of how has that been for you like what sort of research have you done into that and I guess what yeah I I would love you to maybe share a little bit about a bit more about that um so I've actually just started this um this 
a study called Postpartum is Forever School, and it's with um, someone that I uh, this this woman called Kelsey Kelsey Lud I actually can't say her na- last name Ludsbegin mm. or something. Um, and she's actually somebody that I followed from even before I started Viva. Um, I like to call her like a postpartum pioneer in my eyes kind of thing. Like she is just this wealth of knowledge and she has started this um, training for doulas or midwives, or even just if you're just a mum going through postpartum, um, you can sign up to it. You can do it, do the course. And so we've been learning all about like um, there's different topics all the time. And so we've just done like mum, the mummy brain with all these incredible people from all around the world who are studying in this space which mm. is like probably the most understudied area ever mm. for the postpartum realm. But there are these incredible people working in this space, like trying to help educate and create awareness around what's actually happening to mothers. And so I've been really enjoying that. And like, mm. Yeah, learning about that there are actually, like say, for example, we had a chat with this um, Dr. Pulowski who studies mum brain. She's like a neuroscientist. And actually realizing that there are changes that actually happen in your brain to to become a mother, like you know, how we call it, mummy brain, but they're mm. actually you're, you're, the brain matter actually changes. And so knowing these types of things has made me feel better about my own journey and where I'm at. Yeah, to, like, to know that this is normal instead of just going, oh my god, what is happening to me? You know, so true. It's that whole piece around education, eh? And that's the whole. I guess the whole like problem with postpartum was well, not a problem, but like the lack of information. And if we can just, if you know, during our pregnancy, we were just educating ourselves more on what to expect in the postpartum, it will just be less of a shock. But I guess this is like going further than that as well. And it's like, it's not just that fourth trimester, but like you are That's kind of like, actually changes that do happen like you're not going crazy <laughs> yeah like you, you this is actually happening to you yeah. and and even like when you are preparing for to have your baby and whatnot and you are just like learning about you know what to do with the baby and how to like you're learning all about baby but they ha- I haven't seen much of like you're learning about yourself changing like you're about to go through mm-hmm. this huge transformation too whether you recognize it or not like you actually change like with matrescence and which is compared to adolescence. Um, it's the same sort of changes in your hormones and whatnot that actually happen as you go from teenager to an adult is happening to mm-hmm. a mother as well. And so learning about all that kind of stuff is just pretty fascinating and eye opening. Like I don't, I'm not sure where I'm going to go with it yet or anything, yeah. but it's just, it's pretty cool. To, That's amazing. To then open up. Yeah. If, if, if we all know that this stuff's going to happen, it's less less scary for some of us. And I think it could really help people's mental health going into postpartum too. Absolutely. So what's what's kind of where you where are you at in your motherhood journey at the moment with Sunny? Like what's something you're really enjoying and what's something you're finding a little bit challenging at the moment? Oh, I feel like every stage she gets at, I'm like, this is the best stage. Yeah. This is my favorite <laughs> stage. And I feel like that's going to keep happening. But she's just so cool at the moment. She's, like, got this real little personality and she's so cheeky and she's just, oh, it's, um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, 
especially I think I found it a lot easier after she hit that one milestone um, mm. where they kind of get a little bit more independence but not, you know, not like that they're just going to go out by themselves or anything, but they you kind of start to work more as a team and like you start kind of actually vibing together and, it, yeah, it's been really cool kind of ever since then. But it changes too. Like every time she gets sick or something, it, it can get quite challenging. Like sickness is a huge challenge for me because then it means I'm kind of off work because she comes first and then so you just get real behind in work. But um. Yeah, no, it's, I love this, this age. It's, I feel, yeah, like I say, I'll probably say that next month or the month after or whatever too. I've been saying the same thing and I was like, am I just going to keep saying this or is there actually going to be a phase that I find really unenjoyable and not fun? But like, I do genuinely feel like that it just gets, because you get, you know, they start learning more and they're doing more and you can do more with them and like, they just little sponges that pick things up so quickly and it's quite, you know, like it's... And they're just yeah. so funny and everything's so, uh, it's so cool. You're so and right though, every age. I'm like, surely when they become teenagers, I'm going to be like, yep, this is yeah. not my, this is not my favourite. <laughs> we were watching a movie last night and it had like, there was like this mother with teenage boys and I said to my husband, I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to find teenage boys. <laughs> Like that, might, that might be maybe a phase I don't enjoy as much, but we'll we'll wait and see for that. Exactly. Um, on the business side side of things with Viva La Volva, what's kind of you guys have such kind of like such a massive product range now, and like what what is next for you, and what is what is the focus for the for the business for the next year? Um. Well. There's still so like so much we have in store. Um, we're really focusing on the C-section side of things at the moment, mm-hmm. which is cool. we've got some cool products coming out soon. Um, honestly, we, we just have so many ideas of things and it's just because we now have to prioritise our time and because we do everything in-house, like all of our marketing, socials, um, except for our actual product, getting our product made, we get that done with a manufacturer, but everything else is done in-house. Um, and there's only four of us who are yeah. also running the other two businesses too. So we really have to prioritise what we want to do and um, try and stay within that. But we're, it's in saying that we're pretty fluid. Like if something awesome comes along, we're like, let's do this, um, which is really cool. But, yeah, so we've got a few more products to, that we're ex- working on behind the scenes at the moment. Um, and I'll, I would like to see kind of where this course, where this certification takes takes us and what we can do with that in terms of expanding our offering, I guess. Mm. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. That's super exciting. And I thought about this when you started talking at the start of the episode. How is it working with your mother? <laughs> and it's very it's awesome like we love yeah. it I probably wouldn't have it any other way but me, my mum and I are really close um yeah I would I've got I was an only child till I was about 14 and then um I've got twin brother and sister oh wow um, who are who are 14 years younger than me um and so me and my mum have always sort of been best friends a best friend relationship um yeah because she had me kind of youngish. 
it's been really cool. Like there are obviously days where we niggle at each other, but um, no, it's pretty good. I yeah, think, I was yeah. thinking, I was like, wow, like that's like, and because it's not just this business that you're running, like you are running other businesses together as well. So it's obviously worked, otherwise you wouldn't start a new one. But that is like, that's super cool. Such a cool relationship with your mother. And like, do you look at that and you're like, I really want, like I, like you've had this amazing, you have this amazing relationship with your mother and you're just like, oh, I so want that for yeah. you and Sunny. Definitely. I would love that. It yeah. would be so cool um yeah it's, I, it's pretty awesome like I mean don't get me wrong though there are definitely days where we are at each other but <laughs> not like in a in like a you know in yeah way yeah what would some advice be for someone who's like in the thick of it in early motherhood at the moment or later in their motherhood journey or about to become a mum? like what is some of your biggest lessons learned that you would want to pass on some wisdom to this person? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, gosh, it really depends on where, what stage you're at, I guess. Mm. But that it does get easier. Like I remember, I remember asking some, some of my friends or like some people like, does this get easier? When I think mm. I was like in the second postpartum, and I remember people being like, I don't know if it gets easier. It just gets different. And then as time went on, I was like, no, this definitely gets easier. Like it, it yeah. gets different as well. And there are every age, every stage comes with its own struggles. But once you kind of start to find your um, find your way or find your groove as a mum, things do get easier and you become better at things like especially if it's your first baby you know you're 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 still learning too and so I think Mm -hmm. we need to give ourselves some credit like this is this whole new world we're in and we're still learning as well as trying to you know keep a baby alive kind of thing it's like we're all so just got just to go easy on yourself Mm. and it does get better everything every day gets better so so true I'd also love to know I'm just interested because you do have such a big product range now if someone Mm. was to buy like one product or give someone who's about to have a baby one product like what would be what is your top seller or what is your personal favorite product um uh, I would probably be uh, I've got a few faves but our healing spray is probably my favorite just because as well, it's so versatile that you can literally use it on anything and it helps. Um, Also the boo balm is an unsung Mm -hmm. hero that I, I use that still now. It's so awesome. Um, And because some of our products, like, I don't know if this is just because I created them and, whatnot but like I use our pad school gel as a face mask sometimes like it's so nice but ah. it's so weird to then go hey guys use this as a face mask but like even the c-section scar oil I use that as a face oil it's so so good like as like an overnight oil so they've just got so many different uses but yeah the, my go-to would definitely be our healing spray and boob balm because we focus on like all natural products as well so You've really inspired me because I put all like the once I'd kind of 
healed from birth. I put everything kind of in the drawer in Louis' room and I was like, right, whenever I have another baby, I'll like save that for that. But now you've inspired me to go have a look oh, at these yeah. things and start using them again. Yeah, definitely. Even like the witch hazel, I remember um, when I was really sleep deprived and I would put some on my face and it felt so good Like, and yeah. would help me with my tired eyes. Like witch hazel is actually a really good toner as well for your face. So, And oh, then pads could like, I need to do a big like list or share it on our socials of what what else you can use it for because, I mean, they're yeah. all like, because they're all natural products and I'm sort of showing, Viva's like sort of showing what that this is, what you use for postpartum, but they are also things that you use in your everyday kind of life anyway. Yeah. But when you tell someone this is a postpartum product, then they, yeah, like you put it away until the next time. But yeah, yeah. you using it. Well, or until, like I said, with my like with weaning, and I was like, where are those like ice pads? I'm so sore. <laughs> I need them now. <laughs> also, weaning is one thing that I would love to like share, like talk to. I feel like people need to talk more about about weaning because I didn't yeah. really realize. Did you get like the big um, the hormone drop when you were weaning? And Oh, so let's talk about it now briefly, yeah. our own experiences, hey? So I... Mm-hmm. Louis was so breastfeeding for us was really enjoyable um I was never someone that like loved breastfeeding I didn't like I liked it but for me it was really like how I fed Louis um yeah I felt the biggest hormone drop when he I think he kind of just when he started solids and maybe when he got to about eight or nine months he really dropped his milk feeds like he just wasn't drinking as much and he didn't want to drink as often so Mm -hmm. I experienced a massive hormone drop around that eight to nine month mark and then slowly as he got older and was just eating more food and feeding less it was kind of like I would drop a feed but it was only one feed and it would be across a couple of weeks so I didn't get any massive drops then and then so when he when I finally weaned him he was it wasn't that long ago like he's 15 months next week and he probably would have been I think he was bang on 14 months when I was like okay like I'm ready to be done. He was just down to one feed at nighttime before bed. So I didn't experience the hormone drop, but what I did, I thought like just dropping that last feed, like it'd be sweet. Like it would, my milk would dry out pretty quickly, but it was honestly yeah. like 10 days of lumpy, hard. Ouch. I, was all, I was like taking Nurofen and Panadol for them. Like I was just so uncomfortable. And obviously you don't want to, express too much because then your body's just going to keep producing milk so you've just got to literally wait it out and hope like your body will click and realize oh it's not needing to make milk anymore but like that took for me probably like 10 days to two weeks of feeling really really uncomfortable um and you sort of feel like blindsided like I kind of felt like hey nobody told me about this weaning thing and how totally. how to wean and like what happens yeah I was like, Whoa, I guys, what's totally happening? Blindsided. and yeah. I was like everyone just talks about oh, I wean my baby but they don't say anything else and I was like wait that was like <laughs> that was quite hectic like yeah. Yeah. what was it like for you I'm kind of the same actually she sort of Sunny sort of dropped dropped her feeds as she was um eating more around nine ten months um but I think uh, if I I'm if I look through my phone, I like started taking photos of myself weaning because I was like, 
far out. This is so hectic. Like just like the experience of it, like the emotion, the the emotions and stuff like that. Um, I think I felt that hormone drop around that ten month mark when she sort of dropped her feeds quite a bit. Mm. And I was like, why am I so sad? I'm just so sad. I'm like crying all the time and. I was like, what is happening to me? And then it was suddenly dawned on me or somebody, I spoke to someone, they're like, oh, that's what it's like weaning. It's like, nobody tells you this. This is so intense. Yeah, I was the same. I was like, oh, maybe I'm finally getting my period. But no, didn't get my period. It was just because of the weaning. Um, Also, your first postpartum period, nobody tells you about either. That's so hectic. Oh, I haven't (laughs) had mine yet. So fun things ahead, apparently. (laughs) Oh gosh, yeah. yeah, it's a real crazy one. The weaning, because yeah, it is that you've. But I was, and it was actually the other day. My husband said, "Like, how do you feel now? Like, how do you feel that you know, Louis weaned? You don't breastfeed anymore?" And it's like a lot of people, I think, make it like it seemed like this big emotional thing, but it really wasn't for me. Like, I just felt mm. so ready, and like I haven't really thought about it since either. Like, I'm just like, I just feel good like I feel like he kind of have your body yeah. back as well a little bit definitely was how did you feel when it was kind of like fully weaned or I is, is Sunny yeah. Fully weaned? yeah yeah no she's fully weaned now I, I was kind of the same I was ready for it like um I also kind of because I think I weaned her fully about around about 14 15 months too mm. I kind of remember I, I found this really bizarre but once she was one I don't know if it was just um, in my head or I think someone mentioned something to me like, oh, are you still breastfeeding? And I was like, oh, my mm. God, what do you mean? Like, of course I am. She's only one. Mm. But then ever since then I almost felt like, oh, my God, okay, I've got to stop. But which is so bizarre, you know, everyone so, puts so much pressure on you to breastfeed when you're, you know, just had your baby. And then, mm. oh, but I only do it till they're one years old. Otherwise it's kind of weird. But Anyway, that's a story for another day too. But um, Yeah, I definitely got a lot of questions once Louis was one around, you know, oh, like people just assumed he wasn't being breastfed anymore. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. like, I still breastfeed him. Like at night he has, yeah. you know. And I was like, oh, I thought you stopped that ages ago. I was like, no, I still, he's still breastfed. <laughs> yeah, and, but then he was like, I'm like why, why, is, why do you care? Like, <laughs> yeah. But Sunny, like, never really took a bottle either, so we had to, like, move to her taking a bottle and it was pretty pretty full on. But, yeah, I think she also did this weird thing where she, like, played with my nipples for ages after she was – after she had weaned already. Like, she would still go to sleep kind of playing with my nipples. I was like, okay, this is weird. (laughs) Yeah, Louis hasn't even really, like – because I thought as well he would try to, like – like, I thought he might protest – it a bit more like me not offering any milk but he honestly didn't like I think it was just like we were in this routine of doing it and that was his routine but he couldn't have cared less when we stopped like he never has once like tried to or yeah it was yeah, it's weird how they know that eh? like yeah that's the same like I think Sunny tried to grab once like like kind of testing like oh can I have some of that and I was like no and then she's like okay and then just doesn't like yeah was that yeah it's so interesting eh weaning maybe Mm. I mean you can reuse your ice pads but maybe there needs to be some like reusing like maybe I could have used some of my other products when I was weaning I didn't even think about it 
Well, definitely the ice pads, though, they would have been perfect for it. But they yeah. were like heaven on my very sore oh, yeah. and gorgeous boobs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my oh. gosh. Yeah, I definitely think that needs to be spoken about more because, yeah, I was blindsided and I'm like in the postpartum space every day and I was like, what the hell is happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I just love everything you're doing at Viva La Volva. I'm personally so grateful that there are people like you and your mother creating businesses like this to help women in their postpartum and beyond. Like, it's just, I feel so lucky that, you know, I had my baby at a time where there are products like this to support you and look after ourselves after birth. So just a big thank you. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing all about your own motherhood journey and the business. It's been so, so lovely to chat. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been really cool. Thank you for making it um, not so scary, scary for me as well. <laughs> and I will put some tags in the show notes as well for people to check out the Viva La Volva Instagram and website as well. Because I know you guys do some amazing resources with your blog. So we'll be sure to cool. tag those in as well. Awesome. Thank you.